Hey there, fellow whitetail addicts. This is Mark Kenyon of Wired to Hunt, and you're listening to the audio version of the 100% Wild podcast, a collaboration between Wired to Hunt and Drury Outdoors, in which I, my co-host Matt Drury, and a special guest answer your very own hunting questions. And today, we've had a question about gaining hunting permission. And joining us to tackle this one is Mark Drury. Now, I know what you're thinking. When I think Mark Drury, I think of him hunting his awesome managed private land that he owns. But he didn't always have that land. So today, he shares with us how he used to get permission, how he still does that to this day in some certain places. While I also dive into my own tactics for gaining permission in tough access areas like Michigan and Iowa. So let's get right to that interview. Enjoy. Welcome to the 100% Wild Podcast. This is episode number nine, and I'm Mark Kenyon of Wired Hunt. With me today again are Matt and Mark Drury. Hey guys, how are you today? Good, buddy. How are you? Hi, Mark. I'm doing well. Excited to jump into our question today because, as we were just talking about off air, I need some help on this very topic. So I'm counting on you, Mark, to uh, to give me that secret sauce to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, you do that? <laughs> we'll try. This, this is a tough one today. I think it is a tough one, but it's an important subject. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And so many people can relate to it. I feel like there might not be, and I don't want to give away too much, but uh, the topic of access, the challenge of access, is maybe one of the, the greatest obstacles to hunters today in many, in many areas, uh, myself included many times. I'm sure you both have encountered this to a degree too. So I think anything we can do to talk about this is going to help a lot of people. Absolutely. Well, without further ado. Hi, my name is TJ Dennis from Columbia, South Carolina. My question is in regard to asking permission to hunt on private lands. Mark Kenyon, I know that you specifically talked about this many times on the Wired to Hunt on the podcast. And I really want to take you up on your advice here and expand my options for hunting this coming season. But I'm not exactly sure how to approach it in terms of exactly what to say and any other tips that you've learned uh, and best practices in regard to this. I really appreciate it. You guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work. Thanks. That's very tough. It, it is tough, um, but it's a very good question. It's very relevant to, um, you know, the state of our hunting industry as a whole. And, and I would say in, in short, it's probably not like it was 15 years ago. I mean, when, or even, you know, before that, I used to go and never get turned down in Iowa. Like, there was a lot of places we hunted permission mm -hmm. for many, many, many years. And um, it was just a simple knock on the door and, hey, care if we go hunt? Now oh, go ahead, kill them all, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's changed. And anymore, it's almost not about asking permission as much as it is formulating a relationship and a plan with that landowner. If you've got a targeted landowner, he's going to have to have an extreme level of comfort with you and almost be your friend, which is you should have that anyway, before he's going to allow you access on his property, mm -hmm. I, I think, anymore. There are still some areas that due to supply and demand, in other words, there's a lot of land with not a lot of hunters. Like when we go west every year, Kansas, Nebraska, it's still a knock away. You care if we go kill turkey, go kill them all. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we go out to Nebraska each year and that's part of the fun, just asking permission and getting permission on these places. But that's because there's not a lot of turkey hunters asking them. So they're, they're very willing to allow you to go. If you're down in South Carolina and, and the supply 
or the demand is heavy for a lot of hunting, you got to work on that relationship building. And, you know, it sounds cliche, but whether that takes going out and mending fence, whether that means helping around the house, helping with chores, whatever it is, you've got to find some common ground with that landowner and give them a reason to allow you to, as opposed to just a knock on the door. Supplying them with some of the processed venison, you know, uh, baling hay in the summer, whatever it takes. You know, those are some of the things that I've always heard you guys talk about that, that can make all the difference in the world. Absolutely. You know, on our lease, we, we have a landowner just to the north of us and a lot of the deer are on that part of the, on, on that part of the land. And, and we always say, man, I wish we could hunt that spot. So finally this winter, um, Aaron Bennett and I went over to the guy's house and knocked on his door and he was, uh, you know, he's a farmer. He was probably in his early seventies and he invited us into his home and we sat and talked to him for probably 45 minutes. And, um, and, and I just said to him, I said, Hey, you know, I know you guys have people that lease this. Would you ever be interested? I'm not saying that we're trying to kick them off or anything like that. If you're ever interested, you know, in, in, in doing something different, we would love to be the next guy you call. And he said, that he knows he could probably get more money from uh, somebody else, anybody else, because these guys are paying, they've been there 20 years, and it's a group of like five or six what were high school buddies now grown up. And uh, he said they pay 10 bucks an acre in an area that he could easily get 20. Mm-hmm. And he said he's just not interested because of the relationship, back to your point. And I thought, you know, you can't, you know, that's great. I said, hey, you know, I'm not trying to get in between that by any means. So, to your point, I think the, the closer bond you build with that landowner, the better. Absolutely. It is all about relationship building, and it's not about what your desires are. Find out what they need. In other words, do you need somebody to watch over the property? Do you need more venison? Do you need help? Is there something I can do to benefit you? And can I pay your tax bill? Uh-huh. You know, whatever it is, because there's something that that landowner is going to need. And if the answer is no, then respect that and move on. And you, you got to be ready to receive, you know, know. a no. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was prepared for it through high school because every girl I asked out said no, <laughs> other than Tracy. But that got me prepared to get told no a lot from other landowners. So you just got to be prepared for some rejection. Yeah. And I think just as just as important as all this, and this kind of goes back to the whole relationship thing, just as important as getting permission is keeping permission. You know, by default, because of how difficult it is to get permission, once you do respect that landowner, do all the things you just mentioned, Mark and Matt, about, you know, helping them out on whatever it is they need help with. Because once you have that access, you really need to work hard to keep that. Because it's just, there's so many reasons you can lose permission these days that, everything you can do to try to keep that is going to be helpful. It's interesting you say that. We had uh, Hank Parker in here as one of the judges on Dream Season the Journey this year. And there was a scene that played out and one of our teams, they killed a doe and they were on somebody else, you know, they were on, uh, I don't think it was an outfitter, I think it was a lease or something. And the farmer had beans planted. And Hank said something to the effect that I wouldn't have walked through those beans to get to that deer. I would have walked the long way around the perimeter to respect that landowner. And I, I, I never heard it put that way. And I thought it's just like a light bulb went off. It's like, geez, that's something so simple, but so meaningful. It is man. Constant respect will get you a, a long way in life. And it's, it's just about that networking and treating people right. And whether that's at, <clears throat> whether that's at church at the coffee shop or online, the modern way to network, 
You can't go wrong by bringing the subject up, talking through it. And all of a sudden, opportunities start to open up that you didn't have. So you get in life what you ask for. But then once you're there, you got to be prepared to give a little bit back and make sure you're taking care of their needs and not just your own. Absolutely. Yeah, so true. I've had a couple interesting situations come up where it was just a matter of being there where sometimes things can fall into place. You know, when I was in Montana this past summer, I was trying to find a place to hunt out there. And so I was driving all around these areas that I was interested in possibly hunting, just glassing from the road and scouting. And I happened to come upon a couple guys who had a flat tire. I stopped, helped them out. And through that conversation, lo and behold, I got hunting permission. Or last week, I was out doing the same thing, scouting here in Michigan, trying to glass out some new areas. And in this case, I was just on the side of the road watching deer, and I saw a truck pull up behind me. I was like, oh, geez, I'm going to get yelled at for looking at deer. And it was just a guy who wanted to chat about what I was doing, and I told him. And we just struck up a conversation, and again, lo and behold, he happens to own the land that I'm watching this 150-class buck on. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he wants to go get coffee sometimes, so that could lead to hunting permission. Um, so it's funny how sometimes serendipity can play a part if you just let it if you be a, a kind gen, genuine person and put yourself out there and start relationships you never know what might happen because um, there's a good chance somewhere down the line they may have had a bad experience you know in a lot chance. of instances so i think but to your point being doing the right thing even if it works out or it doesn't is always the best foot forward yeah. think forward don't think about i want to hunt there tomorrow think about I want to do what I have to do to be hunting there next year. Yeah. No, don't don't be so self-serving. You know, most people are selfish these days. You know, and they want to go hunt today. Well, don't wait till November the sixth to go knock on a door and go, "Hey, can I go hang in a stand in your back 80? Yeah. You know, you need to be doing the work now to have the relate <clears throat> the relationship building so that next year you might have a spot because. Hunting anyone's land or walking on that land is a privilege, and it needs to be addressed as such. And to that point, that farmer that I was speaking about, he said to us, he goes, hey, if you guys ever shoot a deer and it goes on my property, you don't need to call me. You just go on it. I, I said to him, I was like, there's no way we will ever do that. I said, I will always call you or knock on your door if that case ever happens. So even simple things like that, I think, even though he said do it, I, I you know, it's just – better to ask permission always it is absolutely better to ask permission and do it in a decent manner mm -hmm. you may want to go up there make sure you're you're at the top of your game make sure you're dressed appropriately mm -hmm. feel free to bring over some coffee whatever it takes it's it's always fun in nebraska each year i'll go back to that story because i could only think of one or two times where someone said no and they almost felt bad saying no because those people are so nice it was i told uh, terry i said it was like rewinding the clock about 50 mm -hmm. years because they are so nice and so accommodating. And we would meet one guy, and he would take us around town and, and introduce us to three or four other landowners oh, wow. to get us permission. And it's just, but we treat everybody with respect out there. We buy them dinners. You know, we do whatever we have to do to make sure they feel good about our, our presence mm -hmm. there. And uh, it's nice. If you treat people nice, you're going to get treated nicely in return. There's one story that you told me that, that it didn't work out where Wade had to take, take oh, us. Oh, it was the best. Well, we ended up getting permission. Oh, you did? We did. But the, the best part was the process we went through. Okay, so there's this strutter strutting in this greenfield, and we kept asking, you know, or we kept asking around who owns that, and they finally leave to the house that, that owns this property. So we go up to the house, and, and you know, the doors were kind of run down a little bit and Wade, Wade, he'll ask anybody, you know? So he goes, well, I'll go up to the door and I'll talk to him, you know? So he goes and knocks on the door. 
and this young lady comes to the door and she starts to open the door and it cracks about that far and a dog takes the the door out of her hand comes rushing out and yells right in the butt and latches on and screaming like a little girl and that dog's chasing him down and biting his hind end and i mean we laugh until we you know and uh we ended up getting permission there and we went and filled that particular turkey so and and uh, wade took one for the team that morning <laughs> dogs you really do need to watch out for i've had some close encounters too <laughs> Where a dog is, they, they, there's a sign for a reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that dog didn't like Wade. I know that. <laughs> you know, kind of related to that, um, I do want to share kind of my personal process for when I am trying to go out to a new area and find property. Because, you know, sometimes you just don't have that opportunity to build a relationship beforehand. Um, so maybe TJ's in a situation like that where he needs to make it happen right now. So I just thought it'd be real quick, I'll run through this process. What I always try to do is... I try to come into it with a game plan. You know, I think that asking permission today, especially in areas where there's a lot of hunters and not a lot of supply, it's a numbers game. You're going to have to ask a lot of people. So what I do beforehand is I go, I look at a plat map and I look at an aerial map and I pick out 15 or 20 different properties that based on property lines and what the property looks like on the map, I'm interested in hunting. I then go and look at, you know, a lot of web or a lot of counties now have GIS systems, you can just Google, you know, such and such county GIS, and you'll get their, essentially their geographic information data for their whole county. So you'll see all the properties, see the landowner names, get their addresses, all that kind of stuff. You can actually put together, what I do is I put together a list of 15 or 20 properties, the landowner names, where they live, all that stuff. And then I just plan on a full day. And by doing it all in one day, I kind of build up momentum. Like I don't know how it is for you guys, but I always have like a little bit of nerves. Like I just don't want to go up and knock on someone's door. It's a little bit of an awkward situation. So I just kind of have to psych myself up to do the first one. I know the landowner's name, so I go walk up to the door, say hi, you know, Mr. Johnson, and end up talking with them. And you know, I have a, a basic kind of way I open those conversations. But an important thing to note is that one of the ways I've had the most success with this is that you know you're going to get a no 98% of the time. But I always continue that conversation and then ask, do you happen to know anyone else I should talk to or any, anywhere you could point me to? And that has led to almost all of my success. It's just getting in there and talking to a lot of people. One out of 20 times it might work out or they'll point you in a direction that helps. So I do a full day of that. I kind of snowball so that by the time I'm to house 7, 8, 9, 10, I've got a good flow. I'm comfortable. I'm not nervous anymore. And even in a state like Iowa, I mean, you guys know there's a lot of people there that, that come to Iowa to, to get these big bucks. Well, last year, I showed up without anywhere to hunt, and I knocked on 15 doors, took a full day, and I got 1,200 acres to hunt. So it's possible. You don't need to pay big money to hunt these states if you're willing to put the time in. It's, it's possible. It's out there. I mean, out in Nebraska, I bet we've we've gained permission on five or 6,000 acres to turkey hunt. We don't deer hunt out there, but I think if we asked a few of them, they would allow that as well. And one other tip, I think those are all excellent tips, Mark. And who could tell him no? I mean, <laughs> who could possibly tell him no? But one other tip, like if you intentionally go and meet the wife first and she gains a comfort level yeah. with it's amazing how much influence she has over yeah. those decisions you know and uh that's why we always send weight to the door right? you know, <laughs> young guy you know everybody wants to meet Wade. You know? there, there's your pro tip for the day right there <laughs> get any better than that awesome well i'm gonna try to take what you said there combined with my experience and in two days, I think I'm going to be knocking on doors. So hopefully I'll have a good story next time to tell of how this all worked out. 
Absolutely. Right Look on. forward Fingers to it. Crossed. Good luck. Awesome. Well, anything else on this, Mark or Matt, we should cover? I don't think so. I, I think we did so. a pretty good job on, on this one. Good luck. Don't get discouraged and make sure you uh, give it time. You know, it's going to take a lot of time. In the back of your mind, just keep thinking. When Mark was in high school, he had a lot of no's when it was <laughs> from girls. So yeah. I'm just going to get a lot of no's. Yeah. Use yeah. that experience from high school, boy. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Well, if you want us to answer your question on a future episode, make sure to go to wiredtohunt.com slash 100% wild. You can leave us your voicemail question, and we'll try to tackle it in a future week. So be sure to check that out. Subscribe to the audio version of the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to be watching the video versions and subscribe there over at the Drury YouTube channel. And uh, Matt, I'm sure you want to share a few things as well. Absolutely. While you're over there on the Drury Outdoors YouTube channel, check out some of our cutting room floor footage from 13. We have some really interesting stuff. We uh, actually had a really cool uh, piece of Mark's Bucktober oh, yeah. after the kill happened. Uh, you know, of course, you only get about a minute of that in the in the actual show on TV, but there's 45 minutes of a of a real reaction. So I think we got about 20 minutes of that on the cutting room floor. It was it's real emotional. It's real raw. Uh, unedited, pretty, pretty neat. And so I would definitely recommend checking that out and checking out all of our DOD TV on YouTube. And uh, by all means, this fall, make sure to keep in touch with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're going to be going live on Facebook a lot. We're going to be trying to get as much information out to our viewers as possible throughout the whole process. So you're going to want to check us out. And, and you can always find us at juryoutdoors.com. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in today. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Thank you, Mark.